Hey friends, welcome to Woman-Owned Wallet, the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Dare, a serial entrepreneur who has already made all of the money mistakes so you don't have to. Now I'm working on my money mindset, expanding my companies, and having open conversations with women around a subject that shouldn't be so taboo, money. My company, Woman-Owned Wallet, and I are determined to help you foster a more positive relationship with your wallet and help you create a life that makes you say, wow. Hey friends, Amanda here. Welcome back to Woman-Owned Wallet, the podcast. We are joined by our favorite money mindset coach, Melissa. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yet again, we're obsessed with you. So thanks for always coming back. Thank you so much. I am pumped to be here and I am excited to hear some of your stories today. I think that what you're going to share is going to be super useful for everybody. So let's do this. Oh, she's hyping me up already, you guys, because today we're going to talk about feast or famine, feast versus famine and feeling that really intense, stressful moments when your budget just, uh, gosh, it's just your worst budget moment, your worst budget month, feeling that famine, like, can I pay these bills? Can I do that? Versus your feast months that are going to be, you're overloaded, you have that little bit extra cash, and you're feeling really great, but maybe you're spending it a little too quickly as well. So we're going to learn how to kind of combat the idea of feast versus famine and get a little bit more continuity around our finances and making sure that on our feast months and our famine months, we feel just as good and we can handle our finances without feeling too impulsive and spending too much during the feast months and worrying too much during the famine months. So for me, this has been such a big deal because I work and own multiple businesses in the retail space. And as you guys know, Obviously, Christmas and the holiday season, Q4, quarter four of the year is our best month. I mean, we really wait for that time every single year. And it gets really, really stressful in January. January, February, I always try to go out of town because I just need a little bit of mental relaxation, need to have a little bit of physical space between me and my store so that I can process everything that happened because during the, the holidays, it happens so fast. And for me this year in WOW was actually the biggest month I've ever had. We made over $32,000, I think it was definitely over 30. I'm trying to remember it all in December alone. And it took a lot of preparation to be able to make that much during that month. And it was definitely a big moment for my business, for myself. But a lot of that time, I was like really feast. And I was like, it's coming in every day. We can spend all this money that we couldn't spend other months. And I was like, all right, chill, Amanda, calm down. We got to remember our <laughs> our budget is super important and making sure that you know we're continuously preparing for those famine months so that we don't feel as terrible as we did all the other times we were famining. So famining, is that a word? <laughs> in famine. I'm not sure how to how we use it in context, but we've got this. We've got this. So for me, it's mostly about impulse versus intention. So I like to think of my life very intentionally. I love the word intention. I like to think through things. 
And I feel like when I'm in my feast times, I feel very impulsive because I have all this extra money coming in. Why wouldn't I get to spend it on some random shit? And then I realize I do spend it on random shit. And then I don't utilize that stuff. And it really was an actual waste of money because there was no intention behind it. I just got caught up by an ad or got overwhelmed and was like, this will solve it if I just buy this extra course or whatever. And then I never take the course, you know, like that's not going to solve anything. So there's so many times when I have felt really impulsive during those feasting times. And I really come back to what do I intentionally want to have in my life? What do I intentionally need in my business? And Melissa has really helped me get there, you guys. Like I've been working on money mindset for, I guess, almost two-ish years with you, maybe before, because we met before the pandemic because I was freaking out, overdrawn on every account, was freaking out every day, you guys. I can't even tell you. And I came humbled to Melissa knowing that I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And that I just needed some hand-holding, some help, someone to talk to through all these emotions, through those families in months to make sure that I could create a plan and not have to feel that way again. So really, this was so exciting for me because I was able to save over the entire like Q3 and Q4 for my when I was like feasting in Q3 and Q4 for my famine months that come in Q1. And this is the first time and I'm just going to celebrate this with Melissa for a bit. But this was the first time I did not have to take on additional debt in order to keep my businesses running through Q1. So let's just take a moment. Just a beautiful moment to celebrate that you guys. It's like, let's let's have a moment of silence for your stress that didn't have to come in Q1 because of all your hard work and planning and intention in Q3 and 4. I have to tell you guys, I was just explaining to Melissa that this is the first year, especially the first quarter, like Q1 that I've ever had that I have not been freaking the fuck out, like completely freaking out completely stressed, considering closing everything, just like I took myself to the lowest of the low. How can I, you know, I was selling books to like half price books. I was selling my clothes to Plato's Closet. I was avoiding calls from people I owed money to. Not this year. For the first time, you guys, I don't, I can't even tell you. It was so fucking exciting. (laughs) I'm just, you worked you worked so hard for it and I am super proud of you. And it's been so fun to watch the difference in how you show up when you don't have that extra stress and you have the confidence and the knowledge and like you did it. So now, you know, you can totally do it again. And I know you will because it's so much nicer when you oh. get to have less stress. Oh my God. It's so much better. It's so much better. It's like, I didn't know the like perpetual state of like tension that I was holding in my body just around avoiding, you know, my phone because I had like owed money to people and whatever, but I did get through it. You guys, I promise you can do it as well. And whether that's, you know, listening today to this podcast, just to understand your wallet, your finances a little bit more. We're just trying to help you foster that little bit more positive relationship with your money so that you can get to a place where your feast and your famine months don't actually feel so stressful, even in a positive way, like even feasting, like I was starting to feel really stressed out when I was like in a really high earning month as well, because I just knew, I knew the shoe would drop and like the other, the famine was like coming. I was like scared 
I don't know, that feels really weird to admit. But do you think that's normal, Melissa? Like, do people feel that way? (laughs) I do think it's totally normal. I think that a lot of people feel stressed during the feast times because they believe about themselves that they're going to spend it frivolously or they're not going to have it available for them when they do need it. And they use that to, to layer bad emotion on top of bad emotion. And that usually leads to inaction. Instead, you chose to recognize that that's how you were feeling and combat it by planning ahead. And then you get to enjoy the fruits of your labors. When it's not a feast on the outside, you bring the feast because you, you've been storing the feast up. So you bring the feast to the table when nobody else is bringing it to the table. Oh my God. I love that. I'm like cooking my own dinner. I like, nope, (laughs) I'm bringing, bringing my own dish to dinner. I like it. And I mean, I'm just obsessed with the idea that like I connected the most with the feeling of like being out of control when I was feasting and like how you said, like people are going to spend it impulsively. Like I definitely was spending money impulsively, as I said earlier. And I feel like switching over to more of that intention really was actually switching over to like being more in control of when the money was spent, where the money was spent. And that I knew because I had thought it out that I would have like a good return on those investments that I was making in my business versus just thinking it was going to slip through my fingers and feeling out of control. And you guys, I'm sure you guys have felt this before. And once you can like really identify where that money is going, you can make better decisions for that return on investment or for your money to be working for you or to feel in control of your money. Just It just doesn't have to feel as heavy as a lot of those moments can feel. I also wanted to talk a little bit about how in the last two years, it's been really interesting because with the pandemic, obviously we've gone through so much as the culture, as a people, as, I mean, I know that not everyone's experiences have been the same during this, but I just want to share my personal experience with it. And for me, my husband and I, we were living in a rental property before and we were paying I think it was like almost exactly the the same amount as what we're paying now. And we have purchased a home. So we're putting money right now into, you know, the equity of our home, which is really exciting. But during the time when we were living in the rental and he's working at the same company, he's really liking it. But they, as a company, had to reduce hours and reduce pay in order to keep basically everybody working. So instead of like laying off a whole bunch of people, which happened during the pandemic, pandemic, I don't know, I was going to say Ponderosa, uh, all the other words that we were using for the pandemic. But I think it is kind of interesting because they didn't lay off a whole bunch of people that I'm aware of, but they did reduce everyone's hours and it reduced our income, our household income by, I want to say it was like, I don't know, a thousand, maybe more, maybe $1,500 a month, something like that. And it was a significant amount of reduction to us. And it was kind of interesting time because we learned how we learned how our finances were actually flowing. Like we learned that even at that lower amount, we were, you know, privileged enough to have a roof over our heads and to have healthy food that we could eat. And we're, our basic needs have been met. Like we were feeling great. Everything was okay. But it also taught us that we can live on a lower amount of salary. So before the pandemic, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were eating out a lot. We were doing a lot of extra entertainment things. And I mean, we were also like in our late 20s at the time. 
And it felt very much like once the pandemic hit and we were inside, not only were we understanding that a lot of our money was just flying out the door and we didn't have super, it very, it felt very impulsive, as I was saying before, and we didn't have the intention around it. So now that his hours are back up to normal and his pay is back up to normal. I mean, of course, mine fluctuated with the pandemic as well, but specifically about this one that was more salary based. It's just interesting that now we know how much money we want to spend going out. We still have a date night every week. And like, it's been great for us. It's not that we're withholding anything from ourselves, but we are intentionally spending it on things that bring us the most joy. And in the meantime, we've been able to put the money that we got used to living without into investments, which literally got us into our home. We're able to like live on that lower salary amount happily. We became like used to the things that made us super happy. We adjusted a few things. And like now we're able to purchase a home and live with it and create equity in our home because we made those decisions because we were forced to (laughs) like during the pandemic. It was just a really interesting pivot that happened for my personal finances and provided me a lot of stress in the beginning of the initial impact, but then a lot of joy in the end because it really taught me what was important in my life, in my personal life. And, you know, I really like it that you recognize you learned how to live on a lower amount. But then we want to make sure that that extra doesn't get wasted. So that's where I'm going to hop in with some practical planning on how you keep the money that's extra where you want it to go. So you put it in investments. This is how we're going to decide how everybody else wants to put their extra money. So you want to base all of your budgeting off of your worst month. It's really easy to spend extra money after the fact. It's not so easy to make extra money appear at the end of the month when your bills are due. So we're always going to plan based on our worst month. But to make sure that we don't waste everything extra, we are going to make what I like to call the budget wish list. And once you've budgeted your entire small amount... You're going to decide if I had one more dollar to spend, where would I want that dollar to go? Then if I had one more dollar past that, where do I want it to go? And you're going to keep going until you've hit the number of your best month. That way you have a plan in place for where all the extra money is going to go. It's important to reduce your level of stress, but it's also important because normally during your feast months, They're your busiest months. You've got a lot going on. So you don't want to have that money sitting there that you need to make a decision on the fly. And you don't want to not have a plan for it because then it just makes it too easy to think, you know, well, uh, I don't have a plan for this money yet. So I'm just going to put it somewhere else. So those are like the practical steps. And I know that you might be thinking, I have a salary job. I get paid the exact same amount every two weeks. And... This doesn't apply to me, but it absolutely applies to you because the waves of your life go up and down. Christmas time, you've got to spend a lot more money. Summertime, if you take vacation, you're going to spend more money. If your family is like mine and we have three birthdays all in July, you need extra money in the month of July. So even though you might have the same amount of money coming in, the same amount of money doesn't go out every month. So you can think of the planning in that way. It's not the basing it off your worst month of income. It would be basing it off your worst month of spending. 
and making sure that you just plan for those ups and downs in your life when you need more and less money. I love that. And I definitely feel like, you know, even adding back in a few things to our budget once, you know, into the pandemic, we were allowed to like go to a restaurant again or hang out with our friends again, something like that. We intentionally knew that the money that we spend going on our like date nights on Fridays and stuff is an investment like in our relationship, in our future as a couple. And we knew that that money was important to be spending in a way that made us both feel great about like the close of the week to make sure we were all caught up. I mean, we hang out every night too, but like making sure we were all caught up in the week and that we were out in the world spending that time and spending that money in places that are like, even for us, like we want to spend it in local businesses. We want to spend it in our communities. You know, that's an investment in itself too. And it just didn't feel when I started to think of this impulsive spending I was doing versus the intentional spending it just, it didn't feel like I said before, like as heavy, it didn't feel as, as frustrating. And I agree with you, like within my personal budgeting, I wasn't budgeting for, you know, holidays, especially holidays and birthdays. Like I feel like people sometimes will budget for a vacation, but everybody spends all the money they've ever had usually in that, you know, last month of the year, we spend it, we're in excess, we're in impulse. And we're like, yeah, I'll get that too. I'll add that to the stocking. You know, I'll celebrate this holiday or that one, you know, in a bigger way than I've ever done it before. And of course, that's like feels fun in the moment. But then you look back at it, and you're like, man, now it's January. And I can't pay my like internet bill or something like that. Or I don't have enough money to go out to eat with my friends. And then all that seasonal depression creeps in like, like once you add a bunch of things on top of it, it can be a lot more stressful than it's necessary. And I think if we can think of our finances in a more consistent way, and I love how you said that it's not always how much money you have coming in every month that has to change, but sometimes it's just the amount that goes out every month changes. And if the money that goes out every month is like more often, you know, above your budget, you have to make some adjustments in order to be able to make sure that you're being really intentional with how you're spending it and really intentional about your future self. Like we talked about this in one of the other episodes, but it definitely feels to me like managing your finances is now a, like a beautiful form of self-care for me. I know that I'm caring for my future self and I'm setting myself up for success in my future by moving money into my rent account for the future for my business or into my future payroll account so that I can hire a new employee in the future into, I guess, a rent account so that I can also open a second storefront in the future. Like I'm preparing now for the future. And that feels so much... I don't know. Again, I just feel like in control. I feel like a badass bitch. Like I'm taking it on. It feels right. And I don't have the same stress around it that I did before I set up these systems and before I understood how to handle my feasting months versus my famine months. And unless there's anything else you'd like to add, Melissa, I feel like this is a great place to kind of wrap up, but let me know your thoughts are. No, I'm great. I think that you've learned how to harness the power of your paycheck. And I hope that these episodes are going to help every listener on here do the same. So thanks for having me. It was so fun. Amazing, Melissa. Well, share with them one more time how they can follow you. I'm sure they're going to want to tell you in your DMs how they have harnessed the power of their paycheck. I'm so obsessed with that thing, you guys. I feel like I'm going to say it all the time. It's like 
Melissa's tagline now, like, I help you harness the power of your paycheck. I'm obsessed. So how can they get in contact with you? So you can find me online at melissablanchardcoaching.com or at Facebook at the same. And at Instagram, it's the real MB coaching. I love it. I'm so obsessed with you. And I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast sharing your wealth of knowledge. And I just love sharing how much you've really helped me across these past, I guess, like we've known each other longer, but two and a half years that we've really been like working hard on this and together and knowing that it isn't, it isn't overnight, but it is very intentional what we're doing. And I feel so much lighter than I did years ago. And I really feel like it's going to help me succeed so much more in the future. So just thank you again. And if you guys get the opportunity to work with Melissa, I a thousand percent recommend it. Obviously, (laughs) I'm never on the podcast. Otherwise, don't worry, y'all. I wouldn't do you like that. But we thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye, guys. If you want to put more money into the wallets of women like we do, then check out our website, thewomanownedwallet.com. And we can't wait to continue the conversation on our social media. So definitely follow us on our Instagram at womanowned.wallet and on TikTok at womanownedwallet. You can support us by following our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you for listening to Woman Owned Wallet, the podcast. 